You're listening to the Outdoor Photography Podcast, episode 18. Before we begin, I would like to share a quote from George Eastman, who was the founder of the Eastman Kodak Company. He said, Light makes photography. Embrace light, admire it, love it, but above all, know it. Know it for all you're worth, and you will know the key to photography. So, in today's Tidbit Tuesday, we're going to be talking all about light. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brenda Petrella, the creator of Outdoor Photography School. Join me as I sit down with top landscape and nature photographers and outdoor industry experts to chat about creativity, composition, photography tips and techniques, essential gear, safety in the outdoors, respect for nature, and so much more. Tune in every week to learn how to create compelling and impactful images while exploring and enjoying the natural world. Welcome to the Outdoor Photography Podcast. Hey everyone, Brenda Petrella here, here to help you create better images and reconnect with nature. Today we are talking about light, how to see it and understand it and how to use it effectively in compositions. But first, just two quick announcements. One, we just hit our 50th five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which totally blows my mind. This is incredible for a young podcast like ours. And so I'm so appreciative to everyone who's taken the time to leave a review. And the reason these reviews are so important is that they help new listeners find the podcast. And it also shows potential guests that we have an engaged audience who want to hear from them. And I wish there was a way for me to reply directly to those of you who have left reviews. But for now, the only way I know to do that is to thank you here on the podcast. So to all of you, thank you so much. I am so grateful for you and the efforts you've made. And secondly, the Natural Landscape Photography Awards is open for entries until September 1st, and you can get 15% off your entry fee when you use the discount code OPS15 at checkout. And they have over $11,000 worth in prizes, which I think is going to make for some pretty happy winners. So to find out more about their submission requirements, including what post-processing methods are accepted, their incredible lineup of judges, and other important information, just go to naturallandscapeawards.com. And don't forget, use coupon code OPS15 to get 15% off your submission. And good luck! All right, let's get into today's conversation about light. So the word photography was first introduced in 1839 by one of the pioneers of photography, Sir John Herschel, although I've also seen William Henry Fox Talbot get credit for coining the term. But either way, the word photography is derived from the Greek word phos, or photos, meaning light, and the Greek word graphi, meaning drawing, writing, or recording. So photography is simply the act of recording light. And that's exactly what film and our digital camera sensors do. They detect and record the light of a scene. Yes, they record other information as well, such as colors and shapes, but these are all secondary to light. Light is what gives objects shape, color, texture, and so forth. And so without light, there is no photograph. Also, our eyes are naturally drawn to lighter areas over darker areas. And so knowing this, you can help guide your viewer's attention through your image 
by using light and shadows in a certain way and also dodging and burning in post-processing. In my last Tidbit Tuesday, which was episode 16, I mentioned that one approach I take to composition is to first assess the characteristics of light and then use that as a guide to what sort of subjects and compositions would work well in that kind of light. So, for example, one could argue that photographing flowers at night doesn't make a whole lot of sense without some sort of light source. But if you wanted to photograph the Milky Way, then that minuscule amount of light provided by the stars is all you need to create a good exposure of your subject. So in the words of photographer Ernst Haas, there is no such thing as bad light. There is just light. So in this episode, I hope to help you learn how to assess light so that any light you have could be considered good light. And it does take practice, so I'll give you a little exercise at the end to start seeing light in this new way. So let's dive right in. So light can be basically characterized in three ways, the quantity, the direction, and the type or category of light. The quantity of natural light in a scene is something that we can control in our images through changes in shutter speed and aperture. Both of these exposure settings allow us to let more or less light into the camera that will then be detected by the sensor or film. So if you're in a low light situation, such as during sunrise, sunset, blue hour, or even a cloudy day, you can increase the quantity of light recorded by your camera by either slowing down the shutter speed and or opening up the aperture. Conversely, if the quantity of light is high, like in midday light, then you can use shorter shutter speeds and or stop down the aperture to let in less light. You can also use filters like neutral density filters to block some of the quantity of light entering your camera. And if you want to learn more about photography filters, then be sure to listen to episode two. Obviously, there are other things that shutter speed and aperture control, such as freezing or blurring motion and depth of field. And those effects also need to be taken into consideration. But that's not what we're focusing on today. Also, note, I didn't include ISO as one of the settings that controls the quantity of light. While ISO is considered one of the exposure settings of the exposure triangle, it doesn't actually affect the quantity of light coming in through the camera lens to the camera sensor. Rather, it's a way of digitally amplifying the quantity of light after that light has already been recorded by the sensor. And we'll talk about ISO more in a different episode. Okay, so the other characteristic of light that we need to consider is the direction of light. The direction of light on your subject depends not just on the relationship between the light source like the sun and the subject, but also your positioning relative to the subject. So in some cases, you can control the direction of light on your subject simply by changing your own position. And there are basically three directions of light, and each has its own mood or quality. And that's front light, side light, and backlight. So I'll just give a quick example of how effective the direction of light can be on the mood of a subject. Now, imagine you're sitting around a campfire with your family or friends, and everyone's faces are glowing in the comforting light of the fire, and you're all feeling cozy and relaxed. 
That is until someone pulls out a flashlight, holds it up to the bottom of their chin, which completely transforms their face into this ghoulish expression that sets the mood for scary storytelling around the campfire. Right? Tell me that you and your kids have done that before. (laughs) So anyway, you can see that just changing the direction of the light and how it's hitting the subject can greatly affect how that subject is perceived. So anyway, front light is when the light is coming from behind you and directly illuminating your subject. This direction of light can be very intense and increases the tonal contrast of the scene. Even though front light leads to high contrast scenes, especially if it's coming from above, like in midday, it also tends to eliminate shadow detail, thereby reducing surface details like texture or even depth in a larger scene. If the front light is low, like in the early morning, it can actually make colors of smaller subjects like leaves appear more vibrant, while in midday, front light that is more overhead can make those same colors appear flat or even a bit washed out. Either way, front light has an intensity to it that gives an image a more energetic and powerful feeling. So if that's the kind of mood you want to portray in your image, or if you want to draw clear attention to your subject, then this is a good type of light to use. Side light is when the light is hitting your subject from the left or right or approximately 90 degrees from your viewing position. Side light softens the overall tonal contrast of a scene, and yet it can bring out shadow details such that you can really start to see textures and other surface details on your subject. Side light can also be used to create a feeling of depth to a scene because of how the light and shadows play together. Side light tends to soften colors as well, So the overall mood of a side-lit scene tends to be one that is more peaceful, subdued, and even contemplative. So if this is the feeling you want to convey in your composition, then side-light is a good choice. Backlight is when the light is coming from behind your subject and you are shooting directly into the light. By shooting into the light, your subject is almost entirely in the shadow areas, so backlight is used for creating a silhouette effect. By leaving the details of your subject in the shadows and dark areas, silhouettes can simplify your composition by emphasizing the shape or form of your subject rather than the colors or finer details. And this leaves more up to the imagination of the viewer and can give a sense of mystery. Backlight also allows you to create dramatic effects like sun stars, and it can emphasize atmospheric conditions like fog or mist, and that can create an even moodier effect. When the light is a little higher in the sky, but still coming from behind the subject, backlighting subjects like flowers can make them appear almost like they're glowing, and the colors are often emphasized, but in a soft, gentle way. Lastly, backlighting can be used to create a rim light effect where the edges of your subject are illuminated more than the rest of the subject, and this brings out tiny details in portraits of flowers or other vegetation, and even animals by bringing out the little textures and details of their fur. Rim light or edge light is also an effective way to emphasize texture and can add a sense of form or depth to compositions of close-up subjects that are a little bit more abstract in nature. Okay, so we've talked about the quantity and direction of light. Now let's talk about the different categories or types of light which is what we as outdoor photographers have the least control over. 
Now, there are ways to manipulate the quality of light in the field, such as with diffusers, reflectors, fill flash, or simply by changing your camera's position or the focal length of your lens. Nonetheless, this isn't always practical or even possible, so it's good to know how to read light, go with the flow, and know how to answer to nature's whims when you're out in the field. So there are basically four main types of light, harsh, soft, reflected, and dappled. Harsh light is what you would find on a sunny day at noon. This light is bright and intense, and if it is overhead, it will result in a lot of contrast between the highlights and shadow areas of a scene, which can make it difficult to expose for one and not clip out the other. Depending on your style of photography, this can be a good time to create black and white images since they tend to work well with high contrast scenes. Soft light is basically the light you would get on a cloudy day. The light is diffused and can appear flat or even. As I discussed in episode 16, this kind of light is less contrasty and so it evens out the luminosity between the highlights and shadow areas. And if you use a histogram to check exposure, This kind of light tends to give you a histogram with a broad curve right in the middle that looks like a typical bell curve. And I actually love photographing in soft even light because certain details and colors can be captured that would otherwise be lost in more harsh lighting conditions. Reflected light is when the direct light source is not coming from the sun. Reflected light occurs when direct light is reflecting off of one surface and illuminating another, which usually has a softening effect. It's common to get reflected light bouncing off the inside of canyon walls during midday when the sun is high and harsh outside of the canyon. Another example closer to my home in Vermont is snow. Light reflecting off of snow is a very effective reflector in the field that can lighten up shadow areas and reduce contrast. Lastly, dappled or spotlight occurs when there is a brief break in the clouds and some sunlight peeks through and illuminates a small area. It's a wonderful phenomenon when it happens, and it's not something you can particularly plan for, but it's something to be aware of as a possibility on stormy days when the clouds are moving quickly. Because our eyes are drawn to lighter areas first, dappled light is an effective way to draw the viewer's attention right to your subject, and it can create a moody or mysterious feeling to the image as well. As I mentioned in the beginning, it takes practice to start to recognize all these different characteristics of light the quantity, the direction, and the type. And one reason it's challenging is that we are so visually attuned to see the objects in a scene that our brains basically take the contribution of light for granted. But remember, light is what makes it all possible. The shapes, forms, lines, textures, colors, moods, all of it. So here's a simple exercise to try if you want to start training your eyes to see light differently. Pick a simple subject close to your home that you can revisit often. For example, this could be something in your backyard, like a tree, a potted plant, a patio chair. It doesn't really matter what it is, so long as it can be in the full sun of the day without being in the shadow of something else. And then on a sunny day, set up your camera and tripod in one location. And if possible, it's ideal to face the camera towards the western sky for this exercise. Then take a series of four to six images of your subject throughout the day. And this could be, for instance, an hour before sunrise, an hour after sunrise, noon, mid-afternoon, sunset, and an hour after sunset. 
and make sure you adjust your exposure settings to keep the exposures even throughout the day. And then compare the images and see how the direction of light changes, how that subject appears. And try to notice what becomes emphasized or minimized by the different directions of light. And does that change how that subject feels or what sort of story that subject is telling? You can do a similar exercise where you photograph the same scene or subject under different types of light to see how harsh, soft, reflected, or dappled light, if you're lucky to get it, changes the mood of the same scene. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. If you got value out of today's episode and you want to dive deeper into the study of composition and how to use light, contrast, shapes, colors, and things like visual perception and design to create images that you're proud of, I'm excited to announce that my Compose with Clarity workshop is launching again in September of 2021. And Compose with Clarity is a live virtual workshop that I teach to a small group of students online. And by attending live, you'll be able to ask me questions and connect with other photographers in a congenial learning environment. All registrants receive a workshop workbook and a link to the recorded workshop after the event. And as a thank you for listening to the podcast, I'm offering you 15% off the registration fee when you use the link composewithclarity.com to register. There you can get details about the workshop, see what previous students had to say, and to register with the discount. So again, go to composewithclarity.com to learn more, and I really hope to see you in September. Next week, I sit down with landscape photographer, writer, and educator Colleen Minnick to discuss her perspectives on visual perception, cultivating a creative mindset, photography as a business, and a whole lot more. Colleen shares a ton of valuable information and is a bubble of energy. And if you tune in next week, you'll get that reference. So be sure to follow the podcast on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss out on this episode. And until then, get outside, my friends, and find yourself a little nature. Take care.